and welcome to my new podcast, Blurt It Baby. In this podcast, I talk to some of my closest friends about their real experience of motherhood and what to actually expect. I think real talk for real mums is a little bit of a cliche and to be honest, to really go there, it's not easy. We all know that having a baby is a true blessing. But what I've learned from my friends is how hard it is for them to be that honest in front of others without thinking they don't love their babies. So for their sake, I wanted to create a little bubble where they can reflect on their own journey of mumhood without being judged. The good, the bad, the ugly. Well, it is a pleasure um, to introduce my next guest. This is one of my girls, Michelle Allen. We actually went to primary school together, which was a long time <laughs> ago. Oh my word. Um, so we've known each other a really, really long time. Um, backstory on Mitch is you married the lovely Chris after our friend set you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't a blind date, was it? She just said, I've got no. a mate for you, you'll like him. He's a fireman. <laughs> um, and it worked out because you did end up getting married, which is lovely. Um, and then a year later, you had Leo, your first baby, who is four. And then you had your mini-me, Freya, who is now two and a half. Beautiful children. Um, now, I asked, I asked Michelle to be on my podcast because... Michelle is one of the most honest mums that I know and um, kind of tells it how it is, which is what I love. Um, But you've also dealt with something that's not talked about enough, I think, that's postnatal depression. So I want to thank you for agreeing to come on, being honest and chatting about that. And we're going to talk to um, Michelle about that later. But let's talk about Leo, who is your first little bubba, who you had when you were 26... Yeah. Which is quite young now, like, when you think about it. Um, he is a spitting image of Chris. <laughs> he is. So he's, like, he's a little hunk. Um, now, I'll never forget this, um, which you told me, which, again, I thought was really honest of you, is bringing Leo home. I always remember you saying that you put him in the lounge <laughs> and you just thought... <laughs> what have we done which sounds which sounds bad but it, it obviously wasn't that was your your thought your genuine thought when you came home um what I want to know is when you said that when you thought this like when you thought oh my word what have we done was there kind of like a nervous laughter or was it genuine panic so we brought Leo home I think it was we got discharged quite soon after I'd given birth so it was quite a whirlwind um, and we and we brought him home, walked through the front door, obviously renovating at the time, so the house was just an absolute state. And we placed him on the living room floor, the best place we thought possible at that time. <laughs> let let the, um, introduce the dog to uh, Leo, let her have a sniff. And um, I sat on one side of the sofa, Chris sat on the other, and we literally both stared at Leo on the floor, and, and it was utter silence. No laugh, n- no chat, just <laughs> utter silence. And it wasn't until, I don't know, that seven days down the line that we actually both had a discussion about that moment that we sat there on the sofa because we didn't know what each other was thinking. Really? Um, so you had no and, idea what Chris was thinking when you were sat on no, that couch? No, no, no. And, and I think even even though that's the person you know inside out, I was even still scared to sort of say, 
what I actually thought in my head. And it yeah. was funny because when things had calmed down a bit and, and you feel like you're back to a bit of normality in life, we then had a discussion about that moment and we were both actually thinking the same thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> ironic because I bet you thought, I can't say to Chris, I'm a little no. bit like, what have we done? Yeah. Because you don't know if he's sat there thinking, oh, this is wonderful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And that's and so interesting. Yeah, and you're so... I mean, you can't get any closer than your husband, but to feel like you can't even say that to your husband is nuts. And I bet loads of people have that when they bring their baby home. Yeah. Um, I think it was... It, for us, it was... All of a sudden, you've gone from pregnant and you're safe as the two of you. Obviously, a third inside you, but your safety net is just the two of you in the world. And then you've brought this little human being into the world and you've come home and obviously we're looking around thinking we're not set up like maybe most people would be where their home is ready for the baby as such yeah and I was thinking was this the right time but you can't plan times that's the problem in hindsight everything's a great thing so when you think back on it you giggle but at the time all of these things yeah of course do you do you think that was um do you think that was a confidence thing in yourself? Did you think like... Oh, massively, massively. Yeah. For me, like not, not, not having or being an auntie or not having any immediate family around me that've got children or really any friends at the time that had children that I yeah. was really close to. For me, I was starting off from scratch on my own as such. I didn't really have anybody to bounce off as such yeah because um, you were that's a good point you were the first we're in um you know we're in a very tight-knit group us girls mm. it's very it's very lucky because we all fall on each other and we're there but actually you were the first to have a baby um and I always wondered if you if that if you did feel not I mean isolated isn't the right word but if you ever felt like oh, my word, I'm the only one in this situation. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Kirsty being one of the closest people I know, having had hers first, because we were both oh, going yeah, through it exactly the same time, for her, I couldn't bounce... I could bounce certain things off of her um, in the current circumstances, but it's nice to have somebody that's been through the mill for a few years yeah. to have their opinion on things, not going... You don't, you don't always need somebody that's going through it the same time as you to bounce off oh is yours feeding well blah 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 you you kind of want somebody that's been there yeah that's it, what i because did you find that um and i actually remember a situation where um because you know kirsty is a, a, again an incredible mum like you but did you find that you couldn't be that honest with kirsty about certain things about how you were feeling with your first when we come onto it, definitely with the depression side of things with, with her, yeah. because I, I looked up to Kirsty as a mum and, you know, I felt that she put everything on the line for her, her kids, whereas I felt like I was stepping back a bit and not being that full person that I should be. You then hold yourself back thinking, should I be airing everything that I'm thinking? Yeah. It is a, it's, a, it's a lonely place and it's a confusing place because you don't know what the right or wrong thing to do is. Yeah, of course. And actually, I should probably say Kirsty is another close friend of ours, but she lives in Amsterdam. So she wasn't here, right? Yeah. Like she wasn't, no. you know, around the corner. Um, we, we'll get on to more of obviously, because, you know, postnatal and how you felt. Um, from 
from being like pregnant, like you said, in your safe bubble with Chris, what was the biggest shock for you when you did have Leo? Like apart from the fact that you had the baby, what for you was the biggest shock bringing him home, Uh, having him there? 100% for me, it was, and this sounds very selfish, losing my independence. Yeah, I think that is so common. Yeah, you've gone from being this this human being that controls herself sort of thing and does what she wants when she wants um, to all of a sudden this human being being there and that depends on you. And all of a sudden your world's been turned upside down and that's all you've got to focus on. And and just at times you feel suffocated, but then on other occasions you feel like it's the best thing ever. It's just such a whirlwind. How did you deal with it when you, I mean, did you feel like, and again, I say this because you shouldn't feel like this, but I just wonder because other people must, do you feel guilty when you feel like, oh, I'm losing my independence, I feel suffocated? Yeah. That makes you feel guilty. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and I, I constantly have to bounce that off of Chris and sort of, get reassurance that that's normal because you you talk to yourself in your own head and and yeah you do feel guilty saying I want a bit of independence I want a bit of me time I always feel guilty saying that and if I'm off of it I feel guilty taking it in a way it's so odd is that something now Leo's for and Freya's too that has gone away um slightly it's lifted slightly but if there's an occasion where I've been with them for quite a while obviously starting to lose my rag tear my hair out need that time when I'm offered it I still feel that slight resentment of thinking don't do it you're leaving the rugrats with Chris and he's gonna have a hard time it's weird yeah I I mean it 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 must I mean somebody else on, on the podcast actually um, on another episode says I think you have to kind of accept that that feeling of guilt from the moment you are pregnant will never go <laughs> yeah so you almost yeah. have to live with it um what was yeah. I mean what was the biggest joy bringing Leo back you know oh 100% that we had a happy healthy labor and a healthy baby boy no issues whatsoever like yeah. you can't you can't for more so I, I remember, and you did hypnobirthing, didn't you? And, that, and they were so impressed yeah. with you that they asked you to demonstrate in a, in, a, <laughs> in a class, which is pretty amazing to be the example of hypnobirthing. Oh, um, so that's no. amazing. Yeah. Um, how was it when I remember you, you found baby groups particularly hard? You said, yeah. because yeah. obviously you didn't have, you didn't have like, their baby mums ready to go because like you said you were one of the first and you didn't have immediate family with with babies um so you sign up for baby groups how was that for you like what was that experience because it is encouraged and it's obviously meant to be an amazing thing but again I Mm. feel like that could be something that puts a lot of women under pressure yeah, I was just going to say, now that I talk back and think back on it, I put myself into a lot of pressure with that because what I was trying to do was give Leo some sort of experience of what I thought was normality, that we just do these things as parents. Yeah. I go and meet new mums and it's healthy for me. But the uh, these classes are at set times. And as any mum will find out <laughs> in the future... Babies do not go to timings. Yeah. And I learned... <laughs> I think that's so important to say, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Nothing goes to time. And, and a child will respond to your stresses. So if you're getting ready to go out for 10 o'clock, they won't have any of it. 
Yeah. But if you're having a lazy day, you'll be ready by nine and you don't have anything to do. <laughs> yeah. It's just ridiculous. So every time I had these baby classes, Leo was not on form. He was hungry but not feeding. He was needing his nap. So I was pushing myself to these classes and I was in this room with a screaming baby. Yeah. Just thinking, what what am I doing? Were you like, ever relaxed though? Were you re- did you ever feel like, oh, it's a baby, it, it cries, so no one's looking at me? Or did no. you feel like, no, no okay. <laughs> you yeah. felt like people were looking at you? Um, I, I don't know if I really cared about what people thought at that moment. I just thought, why are you always heightened like this? Yeah. I, I, I really had a hard time with Leo. Um, and I personally think... Um, our current our circumstances at that time didn't help with renovating a property we had two stressful things on yeah um, and that in itself also, is a baby because I mean that is yeah. hard work and stressful and things go wrong so you have to it's good that you recognize that because circumstances now, yeah. do <laughs> yeah I suppose in hindsight you always do but circumstances affect you so you have to take that pressure off yourself yeah yeah, and that was one thing I think, like, the day after I'd given birth to Leo, we had, you know, six labourers turn up at the front door at 7.30 in the morning and it was, you know, going back to to normal routine here and cracking on with the house, whereas I don't feel that maybe that did me any good because I didn't have that settling in period. Yeah. So when, when, you, when did you start to feel a bit more confident with Leo? Like, looking back... Um, when did you think you started to, I suppose, like, it sounds bad to say gain control, but, like, when did you feel like you were kind of, get, I suppose you never really get the hang of it, but when did you feel a lot more comfortable? When we'd put our finger on why Leo was so upset for the first 12 weeks, um, which was breastfeeding. So no. I, I breastfed um, because it was pumped into you through classes, through midwives. It was the done thing. It prevents this. It, it, you know, it's cheaper in the long run. All the good things. And Chris came to one of the breastfeeding classes with me and he's hearing it all and he's like, yep, we're doing that. You know, it's good for the baby. It's good financially. It's on tap. It's convenient. And um, turns out that I didn't have enough supply for him. No. But I kept pushing through Chris Chris was on my side come on you can do this you know he was my support and he's my did support did you and struggle so, during the breastfeeding like did you find it hard oh, yeah yeah he would feed every hour and a half you know weeks down the line every hour and a half not normal now I know that's not normal but I'm thinking have I just got a child that you know wants comfort that's just hungry but it turns out that when I tried to um, express um, that there was nothing there. And yeah. it then dawned on me that I'm thinking, well, if there's nothing coming out of the Express, then what's Leo getting out? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it turned out that basically I had next to no supply. We put him on formula, and I heard Becky speak in the podcast about that. Yeah. And I wish now back, you know, take it back, you know, four years, I'd have put him on formula, completely different yeah. boy. Because he was full up and, you know... And it, and, and, and it, the same thing has been said in, in every episode that I've done, actually, which is it's hard to get there, I feel. Um, happy mum, happy baby, um, especially with yeah. the feeding. Yeah. Did you same. feel... Um, 
you shouldn't and I, I so I'm just saying it lightly because I know how people feel but did you feel upset when you had to move to formula or were you fine um, I was fine. I was I was more on the brink of 50-50. If it works breastfeeding, I'll do it for as long as possible. But if it doesn't, I'm fine with the bottle as yeah. well. Because so that's a good attitude, to I think, to have. Yeah. 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 So um, I, Chris, Chris has apologised because he felt like he was pressuring me into the breastfeeding because he said it was pumped into him so much yeah. that he wasn't supporting what he was watching as such. He was supporting the benefits behind it. Um, and it wasn't until I broke down to his mum saying that I just couldn't cope with the, the the way Leo was every hour and a half, you know, throughout the day and night, that she said, bottle. And yeah. it was at, at that point I thought, I haven't thought of that. Yeah. It's just somebody else talking to you, giving a different opinion, and you're, you, you think, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And it changed me. It yeah. changed me completely. And did you find then with Freya, you approached the feeding totally different? completely different i said to chris i'll i'll do it i'll try because you know i don't i don't know what my supply will be like i'm i was presuming the same but you never know i said i'll give it a good shot yeah. if it lasts three days it lasts three days because leo's been you know brought up fine with um formula after 12 weeks of having breast milk oh, absolutely and, um, of course he has though do you know what i mean yeah exactly i mean every baby does yeah. even if, if they were on formula from day one yeah so um yeah we did we did frown we lasted five weeks of her you know not complaining anything like he did so there was obviously a bit there there wasn't enough to express so i just did as much until i felt that she was yeah wanting more as such and then we went straight to bottle we had you know you have the whole setup when you've had the first and you just feel confident you're like i know what formula i've got the bottles yeah. let's go so you just felt i and i think a lot of people do f feel like that is that they have that confidence after you yeah. have your second looking back at leo um you know not thinking about freya what would you have liked to have said to yourself or even someone who's feeling similar to you um and I don't think it's right to say what do you wish you did differently, but would you say anything to yourself that would help? Do you know what I have learned over the last lockdown, in lockdown mainly, I've learned a lot of people on social media watching what's going on and there's obviously not as much going on as, as normal, but I have noticed with mental health, a lot of people putting things on there, just seeking advice and opinions of what people and nobody usually puts the sort of negatives in life on there um and it, it's only because recently a family member put something up and i thought oh do you know what i haven't i didn't know that about you yeah. and i'm actually the same and she opened up you know comments and comments and comments and there's me reading through them all thinking there's a whole world out there that are like one another and yeah. it just relaxed me and, yeah. and i just thought i i would probably put more of the negatives out there yes. and have people comment back saying I'm here for you if you ever want to chat yeah. or oh I remember that you know three months ago we were suffering with that you, yeah you then just get a story from everyone I think yeah and of course and I think as well is all the, the the way you were feeling with Leo um and again I only found out a long time after because I actually asked you direct um, and you were honest but at the time I came to see Leo you know a few weeks old that would have never have, you would never have said that no. so I think I think you're absolutely right and I think um you know 
like they say, like sharing a problem is halving a problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. On to to kind of, I suppose, more serious side of um, post-baby, which is postnatal depression, which, again, is nuts to me that it isn't talked about that much. It's something that's like, oh, it can happen, and then that's it. And as a mum, you think, well, you know, I think like, oh, it won't happen to me, or you know it's just one of those things and I feel like sometimes people don't like to go there because I don't know I don't know the reasons why but to me it's like if you had a you know bad labor and you had kind of an illness after your labor or an infection you would speak about it and for me postnatal depression is the same it's like something that happens to you afterwards that is is an illness that needs to be fixed and needs to be talked about and needs to be helped um yeah you I mean were quite open about it quite recently but was it with Leo that you think you had were you aware that you had postnatal depression yeah so Leo now now I'm down the line with two children I think Leo being the first child was the onset but I didn't sort it out at that point. Were you so, aware of it though? Like in deep your... down, yes. Yeah, you did yeah. think I. Yeah, yeah. I've got problems thinking this is this isn't me, but is this life of a motherhood? It's such a confusing time. You're thinking, are these baby blues what they talk about, or is this? It's just so confusing. But at the beginning, the midwives make you do a questionnaire to yeah. assess your mental health. Now this is like two or three weeks down the line. And they make you circle certain answers and it gives you a score and your score means you either are or, or, or not doing, you know, well with the postnatal. I'm not giving that away. I'm not telling them that I'm not coping. It, are they going to take Leo away? Yeah, you know, it's three months in, you're thinking, is this normal to be saying that I'm not feeling yeah. okay? Because mm-hmm. at the beginning, it's such a new world. You're a new mum. You don't have a clue what you're doing. I, I need time to think about whether yeah. I need three months, not three weeks, yeah. to know. You know. And so do you think? Do you think actually, had they have come to you a couple of months and asked you about it, asked you how yeah, you feeling? Yeah, I think a good third third way through maternity, maybe even halfway through maternity, you'd definitely be more open as a mum. Yeah. Once you know you've you've had a good three to six months of baby, and you feel like you know now, maybe rather than right at the beginning when it's such a whirlwind of you've got course. visitors at your door you've got your healing from labor you you're so confused with your hormones up and down you just don't know what is right or wrong so you're not going to give yourself well I felt I wasn't going to give myself away at that no point. I don't think anyone would I think you're absolutely right I think and for a first time mum you're right you don't know the consequences of saying that and now you do <laughs> now it's fine because it's very natural and it does happen and actually the more you talk about it you know that helps it really does but I think you're right like that's that's quite an overwhelming thing to to open up about when it's not even really talked about it's and it's almost kind of seen especially like maybe four years ago as taboo yeah to talk about it um when did you can I ask you why you thought you had it after some time like what was it that you that made you think? You I know, just what? I just wasn't I wasn't coping. I know there was a lot of stresses around me, but sometimes I think even if those stresses weren't around me, would I have been the same person? Because I think I am just who I am, and maybe I didn't deal with becoming a parent as easily as maybe I thought. Um, 
so I knew I wasn't coping. Some days I was going into a different sort of trance that I'd never gone to. Yeah. Not, not extremes, but definitely daydreaming into worlds that, you yeah. know. And it when was, I it was an unrecognisable Yeah, place. not, not yeah. me. Which, when I spoke about it to Chris, I knew that I was okay in myself and just dealing with it and coping with it, although it wasn't very nice. But for him, scared the living daylights out of him because he's thinking, you know, what emotions am I dealing with here? So... Um, and- what's she capable of sort of thing so did you find it easy to talk to chris about it quite early on um yeah we've always been open with each other so i tell him everything what he finds hard is to understand the emotion that i was going through yeah so although it came across quite harsh i was saying there's nothing in it this is just how i'm feeling it's just a down in the dumps world at the moment and that's just how I feel. I can't pick myself up at the moment. I know I've got a healthy baby and I know we're building a beautiful home, but it's just not picking me up. Yeah. But he couldn't see that on the flip side of it. He's trying to, you know, be the dad, hold his head up high, financially bring everything in, keep keep the renovation going to build the beautiful home that we've got. Um, and it must have been very hard for him looking at, looking at it on the flip side. Um uh, which when I, when I come to it with Freya, that was, that was where the breaking point was. Yeah, that's actually true. I think because I mean, it's it's also very difficult because when you want to say like, and this is in anything in life, when you want to say I'm really down, you do feel like you have to say I know I'm really grateful for this. I know it's nothing, but actually, it kind of it, you can't help how you feel. And that must be very difficult because obviously you do have a beautiful, happy baby and healthy. And that is the main thing. And so there's so much to be grateful for. And I'm sure like you've said before, some days are brilliant, but you can't help if you do feel like that. And I just think it's credit to you that you said it, like you actually spoke to Chris about it, you know. Yeah. Um, I just felt I was in, it's weird, I felt... I knew I had a problem, but I felt like I could control it. But obviously I couldn't in a way. Yeah. Um, but I was resentful of the fact of wanting to go and get clinical help because clinical help usually means medication. And to me, I felt like that was a downfall, weirdly. like No, I totally, now, not, I totally but- get that. Of course it's not. But in your head, you do think that you're like well that's the last resort but you don't need yes. to think like that actually because if you had a headache you take paracetamol yeah. don't you yeah. so if yeah. you've got other things where your mind isn't well you take something and it and it can be better that's and good. it's not yeah. for everyone medication I think it's very important to say that like other ways can help other people but what was um what were you ever encouraged to... Did you think about getting clinical help with Leo or did you just just put it to one side and continue? Yeah, Chris wanted me to ring up the GP. Obviously, only I can be the person that goes and does that. Yeah. He can't sit there on behalf of me. Chris wanted me to go several times and I just kept batting it off saying, look, it's the current circumstances we're in. We've got a newborn and we're, we're renovating a house. Who does that together? Like, it's that. I kept yeah. blaming it on that. Don't get me wrong, that didn't help, but I, I yeah. You knew I it was, was more. I was blaming it on that, and, and in reality, I shouldn't have blamed it on that. I should have gone and spoke to a clinician, offloaded everything that this person doesn't know about me, and we maybe would have been in a different place back then, you know, with a bit of help. But instead, I trundled on through, and um, 
when my maternity finished with Leo and I went back to work, it was a different ball game. I was back to myself. Because I am that independent person, when I had a bit of independence back with my work and I was away from Leo and, you know, walked through the door of an evening after work, it was a breath of fresh air. I was reset. Yeah. That's what I need as a mum. Some mums plough on through 24-7, hats off to them. Like, how they keep their sanity is beyond me. (laughs) But I am... I am a reset mum. I need, you know, I yeah. need that. But that's so great. Off. That is so great that you know that. Like that you're not yeah. trying to be any, that you're not trying to be that thing where you're like, that thing, that person where you're like, I can be at home with my baby all day. That is really lovely. And if that is your life, that's, that is perfect. But if it's not, how great that you're like, you know, that's not who I am, but I love when I come through the door and I see him. He loves seeing me and I, you know, I've reset and I'm back to myself. So I yeah. think that's a great thing to to know what you you want out of your life with your baby and as a mum. What yeah. um what I wanted to know is I know that you did end up seeking medical help for yes. postnatal. Yeah. Was this then when Freya came along two years later, or was it Yes. Be- right. yes. So I reset myself after the maternity with Leo and I was back to work. I I basically got myself back. Um, we then found out it was just before Leo's first birthday that we were pregnant and it was it was a shock because so we planned it, you planned it yeah we planned for two um, but it was basically immediately yeah <laughs> um, and, and sort of panic set in thinking Christ Leo's not even one yet his birthday's this weekend and I've just found out I'm pregnant and I was about four or five weeks um and and it just taken us both by surprise but it was such a whirlwind time because Leo's birthday was around the corner well it turns out we we actually lost that one in between Leo and Freya um but in hindsight again like I heard with Becky's podcast everything kind of it all happens for a reason you cannot control it by any means yeah and you know I sit there with Chris and I I say to him was it because we weren't expecting it and we felt it was just that tad bit too early or or was it yeah you know or was it nature you don't know exactly Yeah. and you you don't want to bring a little human into the world that's not ready to come into the world so if there was a problem you know yeah um So so that's actually is that how you because obviously people deal with miscarriage in completely different ways did you deal with that okay? Did you find it okay? I think it was a blur. I think it, it, the pregnancy shocked us and then in such a tight turnaround, it was literally, I found out four or five weeks that I was pregnant and, and six to seven weeks found out that there was an issue, um, started bleeding, which yeah. was the first problem. You then go and seek um, medical attention. They send you up to the hospital and then, you know, all from there they sort of say yes or no. And I think it was such a, because we hadn't told any friends or family at that point either, it was it was our little thing it was like yeah oh you know this was so quick and we haven't told anyone not a lot of people do air it that earlier on because of that reason i suppose yeah then we had to pull chris's parents in to sit with leo while we went to the hospital because we couldn't take a young child into the hospital under those circumstances so we had to tell them and it was just such a whirlwind and i don't think it hit me personally um until you actually see the effects yeah it's really hard to explain over a podcast but yeah Yeah, and and i think that's when it hit me um 
but the yeah the clinician said just just let your body get back to normal and then if you want to try for another child you you can try again and and again with the snap of the fingers there's Freya yeah (laughs) so it was about two three months after that we we had Freya growing in us and bless her she's a little darling so yeah that's that's exactly for a reason is that exactly right I thought um you know how Becky spoke in the first episode was you know incredibly brave but also she she said at the end which was quite heartwarming she wouldn't Sydney her third baby wouldn't be there if it wasn't no. for Jessie who she unfortunately lost so I yeah. think you're right like you can you can look at it in many ways however it helps you but um you so you have Freya who who it, I yeah. have to point out is your mini me <laughs> very beautiful little girl um now, in, in my, I suppose, in my naive head, I'd be like, oh, well, you've learned loads because of all the things you experienced with Leo. So it must have been so much easier with Freya. But that wasn't necessarily the case. No. See, I found it a breeze in the fact that I knew what to expect. Yeah. I'm, I'm now a mum. The, the biggest thing to becoming a parent is the adaption process, the first one. Yeah. I've done that. I've overcome that. So my only adaption was to adapt to two, dividing your time between two. Um, So I felt confident in knowing what a cry was about, really. The feeding, the nappies, we've got that. Um, Everything like that, I felt... Everything functional, you were like, tick, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. But obviously, mentally, I found out later on there was something dipping in me again. Um, But... I did put myself through another stressful period on having another child. I just seem to want to do these things to myself. <laughs> so Leo and the renovation, two horrific things. And then I had Freya and a few months down the line decided I wanted to do the body coach 90 day plan and truly commit myself to it because I I knew after Freya, we that was it. We both wanted two children. We knew that was the end. And I wanted me back. Selfishly, I wanted something for me again. So I thought, during this maternity, I'm going to get myself back. I want my physique back. I want my fitness back. Yeah. You know, I want a bit of me time. And they say that um, fitness does you good for your hormones and, and lifting your spirits. Yeah. And so there's me. What I didn't know was the sheer commitment into something like that with the, the food planning, what you have to eat, breakfast, yeah. lunch and dinner and prepare. It's a All way around. of life you're, adopt- yeah. you're adopting as well as a newborn. Yeah, yeah. It, it was... It was Oh, it was hard. Obviously, around a newborn, around a two-year-old, it was hard. Yeah. And luckily, Chris did it with me, so we had the support of one another. But I put myself through sheer stress again. Yeah. I just don't know why I do it to myself. So it wasn't until I was basically coming off of that plan. I'd done really well. I was really happy with myself for that. But I'd put, I'd put another part of myself in a really bad place. Yeah. And, and there was a cracking point, just as we were coming to the end of that 90-day plan, there was a cracking point between us as a family in the fact that I I broke down, Chris broke down, and that was it. I think for me, when I see him break yeah. down, that I know I've got to do something. And is he so, breaking down, do you think, because of you? Like because yes. of Yeah. He, he can't watch me like that. He can't yeah. see me. It's not me. He's saying it's not, it's not you. Yeah. You need to admit that you might need a different form of help. You say you can cope, but I've seen this, you know, I've seen this with Leo, so I'm not going to let this go on with Freya sort of thing. And yeah, eventually I took myself down to the GP with Chris and I think we took Leo. Um, 
and and yeah we all just broke down in that room to that clinician and straight away she said i think you're suffering with a form of postnatal depression it's very hard for them because depression can be a wide variety of Of things but yeah you know sometimes i sit there and i think are you just saying this because that's the only thing you can say and that's just me as a person i always judge everything yeah you kind of yeah but it's it's so easy to be like that isn't it because you you know yourself the best don't you so when somebody says something you're like no like yeah yeah, I know me (laughs) thanks thanks for your advice love but yeah I know so it it can be quite difficult to it can be but I think you going there is something where it's it's an incredible incredibly brave thing to go to do that but it's also you are aware that there is a problem like you do need help you know for me my my downfalls with regards to it it wasn't that i would sit there and sort of rock in a corner and be away with the fairies that wasn't me it mine was my tolerance and snapping um issues Uh, they they were they were you know it was somebody would drop a feather and that was it i'd had it yeah and that's not you at all because you're very very laid back like you know i i know you very well so but i have to say it was something that it's not that you hid it at all, but um, and I wouldn't even say that you're a private person, but I do think um, it was amazing that you dealt with all of that. And you did you feel like it was too much to share or talk about to anybody else but Chris? Um, it's it, how do you broach the situation when you're not talking about that subject is, yeah. a, is a starting point, I suppose. Secondly, it's I felt like I was going to get the um, oh, well, look at them too. You know, they started a renovation and they brought it on themselves to bring a little child into the world. You, you know, just yeah. I, I just always see the negatives in, in something when in reality, probably everybody's there with an open hand yeah, thinking. Of come on, look what you're doing. You're doing a fantastic job. You're building a home for the family. Like later on, this is going to be fantastic. It's just difficult at the moment. Um, So I, yeah, I found it difficult. Do you, are you, was there instant relief? And I say this for like other people that are, you know, can recognise that they felt the same way or feeling the same way. Was there instant relief when you went to see somebody? Yes, in the fact that somebody had said, I think you're suffering with this, it's, it's coming from a different mouth as such. Yeah. Um, and then they give you medication and they <laughs> they say initially for the first, I can't remember how long it is, or for the first month, you, you might feel lower than you felt at the moment, but then it will pick up and I'm thinking, oh no, I don't <laughs> want to take these things. Um, but I did, I gave it a go because Chris said, what's the point of going all the way down that route to not give it a try? Yeah. And And what that medication did for me is I felt like I was going to be putting poison in my body I felt like it wasn't me I didn't need it you know um but what it did is it completely took that snapping point away yeah it was like there was a button in me that had disappeared so you know carnage could have happened you know Leo could have put a thousand bubbles in my face and you know it gone everywhere and I didn't care yeah. I did not care. So did you um, and I did thought, you recognise oh. that as soon as that yes. started happening? Yes, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't on them for long. I said to Chris, when I feel like I'm myself again and I can control myself and I'm, I'm Michelle, I want to come off of them because I don't want to depend on them because I've heard the stories that people become addicted to that sort of medication and it's just, you know, things that you read and stuff. So I said, when I when I feel me, are you happy for me? 
<laughs> it probably lasted two months, the meds, and then I was off them and, I, and I've never been on them again since. So whether it was just a, a tick box exercise or yeah. what. But, but it's amazing. But, it, but it is like, I mean, I know it's way more kind of severe, but I think, do you look at it differently now with medication? Do you think like... You know, because you said, like, I felt like I was putting poison in my body. But actually, if you look at it as like, again, like you take two ibuprofen because you've got a headache. Do you see it a bit more like that? Would you encourage other women in that situation to not fear that thought of medication? Because I was putting putting poison into the lifestyle. Yeah. I was putting poison into our daily life rather than, you know, seeing it on the flip side of it that if I put medication in and that I'm taking that poison away because exactly. I was yeah you know yeah so yes in hindsight had I had I have maybe treated it early doors with Leo I wouldn't and I'd, I'd say to all mums don't don't <laughs> don't put pressure on yourselves and stress yourselves out when you've got a newborn just deal with that newborn nothing else <laughs> yeah do you know what that's really fun and, and my sister will um will feature on an episode but she said exactly that she said don't don't try and do too much with the newborn in fact yeah. don't do anything because it's the no. hardest job in the world and yeah. um you know it's it's incredible i like honestly what i just think you're a hero like an absolute superhero michelle and also to go through something like that when it's so out of character but to also deal with it like to seek help and listen and and then talk about it so openly i think is incredible and also you make it it's just now it's can be so relatable yeah Yeah, it's it's not just a thing it's not yeah exactly it's like a headache after having a baby literally yeah (laughs) um so would you say i mean what what advice would you give to i mean you've given the most incredible honest account which i'm so grateful for but what advice would you give to new mums um, from what you've learned and like what are the best parts of it now I think to any parent to be it's not easy it is bloody hard like anybody that finds it easy I don't know what they're doing or what world they're in <laughs> but wow like I want to be the, in that world <laughs> yeah good and bad good and bad days which is what makes it you know for you the the good days override the bad ones but it's not easy both mum and dad will not find it easy and I hate saying that because it's supposed to be a positive thing you're not supposed to scare the pregnant ladies you know when I go to baby showers and you get these cards oh what's the best bit of advice for mum I'm thinking oh my god I'm so negative here I just want to <laughs> be prepared your world is going to be upside down you'll never leave the house on your own again you'll be up from everywhere like I just want to you know, say it all, but I just feel like I'm the negative person in life, but I just want to prepare them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you are, though. I think everyone's different, but I think, like, what you said to me, which was really lovely once, is that you love it because you're, you are you got through it, you know? Like you, yeah. you yeah. It's are, a challenge. Yeah, and, and actually, you're right. The good days do override the bad, but it's almost like you have to accept that just because you have a newborn you're not going to be happy every single day that's impossible and it's like a job you might like your job you might have the best job in the world but you're going to have bad days and good days right um i think you're amazing and i'm so grateful that you came onto this podcast thank you 
um and thank thank you you, no and thank you just for being so honest and i think it is really important really important to stress what um you said mitch which is you know if you do recognize any of the same feelings or you just feel like you're not yourself even if you don't think you have postnatal depression or anything just talk to someone and your gp is there talk to your gp like you did you know um and just don't don't not talk to people yeah, I think talking to people is the key. It, even if you talk to 10 friends and no GP, it offloads something and maybe somebody would come back with something Yeah, um, that would make you have a different outlook and make you think, oh, do you know what? I wasn't the only one feeling like this. Yeah, because um, like you said at the start of the podcast, you actually feel like um, you don't feel alone when someone shares their negativity. You feel like you're not the only one, which is... You feel a bit normal. You feel normal. Like, yeah. Yeah, everything is difficult in life. And, and if you share that, you then hopefully let somebody else know that that's feeling the same, that that is normal. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know what to say. Well, I will thank you so much. I think um, a lot of people uh, that are listening to this podcast will just think you're incredible, mummy. And a hot one as well. <laughs> when you're talking about your physique, I was like, yeah, you made us all feel sick <laughs> looking like that. Um, Michelle, you've been amazing. Thank you so much um, for being on my podcast. Thank you. No, thank you.